Welcome to the Practical Prospecting Podcast with your hosts, Jeb Marley and myself, Maggie Bloom from the Mailshake team. We'll be talking about how to practically set up your outbound outreach game. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, today we are focusing on Jed's experience going from rep to manager. So today you'll learn all about the shift from being proactive to reactive in your work. And then we'll also give you the ins of and outs of what a successful day as a manager looks like. So Jed, just to get right into it, what's probably like the number one hurdle that you had when moving from an individual contributor role to a management role? Yeah, uh, there was a lot of different things that kind of came up. I think, uh, first off, I was lucky because I got promoted into a position where I was hiring my team for the first time. And a lot of people get into situations where they're promoted and then they have to manage the team that they were previously peers with. So that made things a lot easier because I was hiring for the first time as opposed to just now managing the people that were uh, my peers before. But the biggest like hurdle that I ran into, I'd say, was figuring out how to plan my day, right? When I was an SDR, an individual rep, I could just ignore everybody for the whole day, mute my Slack, hit my numbers, sign out and be done. I didn't have to talk to anybody. I knew exactly what I needed to do, right? I had to make X number of calls and X number of emails and I would hit my target. Everything was perfectly planned. When you become a manager and you start managing a team, and especially as that team gets larger, it's not so predictable in terms of how you get your number. And there's obviously a lot more responsibilities that come with it. And especially when you're building a team for the first time, there's just a million lists of of things you can do or can spend your time on from building out new processes to hiring, to interviewing, to coaching, to making calls with the team, um, to reporting to your manager. Like there's so many things you need to do. And so learning how to prioritize where to spend my time instead of getting super burnt out was probably the number one biggest hurdle that I ran into. And I, I don't think it's anything that you really ever mastered. I'm still trying to figure it out. But that was that was the biggest thing that I ran into. Yeah, I mean, we'll think about it from the perspective of sales reps. Like, I feel like sales reps' roles are very defined at most companies, unless you're like the first SDR working at a place where you're like, okay, the most successful sales reps do this. And like, this is typically how they structure their day. And there's so much structure to being a sales rep because you literally give out like a scheduling link, people book time with you. It's favorable if you get more people to book time with you too. So it's like, I think that's one of, I wouldn't say it's the hardest role to like transition from an individual contributor to a manager, but I think it's pretty tough for that reason alone. I felt it in other roles of just like moving to marketing. I'm like, okay, how the heck am I supposed to structure my day? I'm just used to like going, going, going and like being on calls and trying to talk with people. And I have to send these many emails. Like everything has a really defined structure for the most part. So yeah. And like you said, you were hiring your new team and really trying to figure out like what a successful day looks like to you. And I know there's like three things that really helped you out in that transition. So do you mind kind of going through those and just like highlighting them and then we could dive a little bit more into them? Yeah. So I remember like my first month as a manager managing the SDR team, the number one thing that I was like running into, like I said, was my day was so structured before. Now I have all these things to do. And I went to my boss, who was a director of sales, Troy Barter, you know him, Maggie. Um, and I said, what what does a successful day look like as a manager? How do I log out today and say today was a successful day? And what he said to me yeah. was, uh, did your brand go stronger with your team or not? As in like, did you build more trust with the SDR team? And I know that's a little bit not as vague. tangible, but that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit vague, but it really stuck with me because 
I think that is, and we'll break down into why like that was really mm-hmm. important for me, but I think that was the the most important thing for me to take, take over in terms of like, what does a successful day look like? Beyond that, it's just managing priorities. So like, like we mentioned earlier, there's a million things you need to do. How do you manage the most important ones to go after that are going to have the biggest impact? And then kind of shifting from like a proactive mindset, again, like where your day is super planned out to understanding that, especially managing SDRs, there's going to be a bit of like reactiveness to it. And so you have to prepare for that and uh, manage that side of things. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. All great things that we'll dive into. And so, yeah, like you said, what's a successful day like, and that's building up your brand, managing priorities, shifting from proactive, reactive. And then at the end of the day, like motivating that whole team too, which is the all encompassing thing that we all kind of consider as part of a manager's job too, especially in sales. But yeah, let's go back to what your boss told you. Like, how do you build your brand at the end of the day as their manager? Like, what are some things that people can do? Yeah. So it's really simple. Like you, you just have to earn their trust and like just do things to earn their trust, show them you're on their side and that you're like willing to go to bat for them. Right. So mm-hmm. listening to the things that they want to see, like the changes that they want to see made, that sort of thing and showing them that, Hey, like you're going up to your management and trying to make those changes. Or if you're ever rolling out, like let's say a new call script or a new email template, be the first one to test that out. Be the first one to jump on like a zoom call, let everybody hear you, you know, make that call, use that call script mess up on the phones and that kind of builds trust for the team because they're seeing you do it first before you ever ask them to do it. So like a big rule of thumb I always try to follow is like never ask the team to do something that you wouldn't personally do or haven't personally done yourself. And I think if you really try your best to follow that, you'll build a lot of trust with your team. So that's that kind of like vague, I guess, piece of advice, which is like at the end of the day, did your brand or your trust go stronger with your team? Really helped me always do those little things that slowly built up trust so that when you're asking them to do something like, hey, they're missing their number and, you know, you, you need them to make more calls. It's not just, hey, make more calls today. It's they trust you and they're going to make more calls for you to hit that number. Um, and it's not like a like you're scratching and clawing to get get them to do a little bit more kind of thing. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. And right when you were talking about that, because I really didn't have an example of what you were saying before, I was like, what would be an example of this? But, for example, my old manager, Louise was really good at being like, I always like to call him like my cheerleader. And like, he was always on my side for things. He was like pumping up my ideas. He would like, if I wasn't heard in a meeting, he'd like repeat what I said or anything like that. So I remember this one time I had a demo and I had already been working at Mail Shake for like six months and doing pretty well. And like, I just had this lead that like wanted to complain about me. Like, for no reason. I had the recording of it. Like Louise could have watched the entire thing if he wanted to. And it was like something about like how I didn't give a discount. Like we all kind of have crazy people that will get on demos and just like want to complain about everything. So then they emailed Louise and said like, Hey, can I speak to your manager? And Louise was basically like, okay, like obviously I'm going to believe you over this guy. Cause in my head I work remote and I'm like freaking out. I'm like, I did something wrong. Mm. But it was like, you're going to have people that come up like that, especially in sales when you're dealing with like sometimes like the whole general public. But um, yeah, just making sure that they're like on your side. So Louise handled it and was like, this is not your fault at all. This is just someone coming in and like asking for a ridiculous discount and then just being upset about it, which those situations happen. But you want to make sure that the manager isn't coming to you at first like, what did you do? And that's what I was like afraid of in my head for whatever reason. But yeah, like he was on my side. He was like, Hey, listen, like, let me talk to this guy. I'm sure that there's like 
you know, some misunderstanding and let me solve it for you. So I think that is super important because at the end of the day, I was like, wow, like I don't feel afraid anymore to like have these conversations yeah. or something like this does happen. So I love that. And I think that is one of the most important things because I think in reverse, that's how you're going to be able to motivate your team too. Like you said, like, how am I going to be able to ask them to do things and just leading by those actions? Yeah, exactly. It's just slowly building trust. If you like take their ideas and implement, implement them and when you ask them to do something new, they'll, they'll do it in return. And I like what you said as well, because it, it kind of shows that Louise understood where you're coming from, which I think is another big thing. Like you have that, like really remember what it's like to be an SDR, being an account executive and be in their shoes when you just got rejected a bunch of times or like, it'll happen a lot where an SDR on my team will just have a call where somebody cusses them out. Like that just is part of the game. You get cussed yeah. out on the phones. And so I have to put myself in their position. Like when I would make calls and I would get cussed out every other week and just like, and like make a joke out of it. Right. But like acknowledge it and be like, yo, that sucks. And kind of like, those are like the little things that add up every day. And it kind of goes back to that core thing we talked about, which is, did you build your brand with your team that day? Did your trust grow with your team that day? So yeah, all those things are super helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So we went over the vagueness. We hit the nail on the head there with, with what that meant. And it definitely makes sense. It's those small things. So let's talk about managing priorities and being reactive. So I know when you talk about managing priorities, like you said, like kind of list out what are the most important things that you have to do during the day. But then there's like what you call these someday items, which everyone has these, like every rep, every manager has these, but like Managers typically have a laundry list of these, like of a nice to have, or I could do this one day. So like, how do you actually get these done as a manager, Jed? Uh, You work 60 hour weeks. No, I mean, (laughs) sometimes that's the answer. I don't know. Uh, But so how do you get the someday items or just the whole to do like your, how do you get through everything as a whole? Is that your question? Yeah. Like, well, Obviously, like prioritizing, like you said, prioritizing your day a certain way is going to help you get through those like urgent items, non-urgent items when you're managing priorities. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing on that list is those someday items. Like how do you get those or how do you make time for them? Yeah. Well, sometimes the answer is you don't because they're just not important and there's way more important things to do. So there's like a lot of little things that add up. I think one of the big things is like I thought I had to do all these little things. Like I thought I had to clean up this report or or have this sort of coaching document or whatever. Like there's a bunch of little things you can do administrative work that don't actually directly tie into the main goal, which is hitting your targets. Mm -hmm. So you do have to get really crystal clear. And that was a big mistake I made, which is like my whole role here is to get the team to this number. So everything I do should be prioritized around getting the team to that number. So if that's more coaching, I should be spending most of my day one-on-one coaching to get to that number. And I don't ever even get to those someday items. That's fine. That's a win because we got closer to that number. Mm -hmm. And so I would always just prioritize the the items had the, that had the most di- direct impact on hitting our targets. And then in terms of like the someday items, you know, you just have to basically do those during slower hours or once you've done everything else. But like the, the trap I would fall into is I would like do five of those like small Sunday tasks and think I had a productive day when in reality I was just neglecting the thing that was actually important, which is mm-hmm. one-on-one coaching or getting on the phones with the teams. And so that's the dangerous thing is you start to kind of distract yourself with less important tasks because there's always going to be those non-important tasks when you're a manager. Jed pointed out something really important. It's like those someday items are someday items for a reason. But I think as managers out there listening to this, 
there's some things on your someday items list, and I'll point out an obvious one that I had a conversation with Mark Akers about in Shake Sales. Check out Shake Sales if you haven't already. But um, shameless plug. But what he talks about is like a lot of managers will make like listening back to reps calls like a someday item. And I think that there's mm. a lot of things that managers will miss out and put on that someday list that are actually a big priority for their team. So I think as long as you align it to what's important with your team, what's going to help them excel to those more important items. And then, yeah, the someday items are like, okay, let's test something but it doesn't have to be right now. Or let's think about something that we're going to do at the end of next year to, you know, bring in more sales or something like that. So I think as managers listening out there, just make sure that those someday items aren't actually important items for you. Yeah, that's hard to do. (laughs) I've definitely been there. Like you have to ask, just look at it from the perspective of revenue. What is going to lead to the most revenue or what is going to lead to us hitting targets? And you just have to have that unbiased filter when you're looking at the things you have to do. Sounds so simple, <laughs> but it's not always that way. <laughs> All right, cool. And um, then the one other thing that, you know, for me is like when I first was reading your blog article that you did about this, Jed, where I was like, what managers should be reactive? Cause you think in like every role or any type of like business output, it's not a good thing to be reactive. So why is it a good thing as a manager to be reactive rather than proactive? Yeah. So I want to clarify, like you shouldn't be it shouldn't be like your whole day is just reactive, right? You never have time for those important tasks. But mm-hmm. to go back to the, the goal of this podcast, right, which is like the experience of going from a rep to a manager, when you are a rep, I personally think if you're a good SDR, a good account executive, you're very proactive. Your day is scheduled. You know when you're doing prospecting. Again, we talked about all the, all the things you need to hit. When you are a manager, there'll, there will be things that come up. There will be a prospect who you just have a cold call with and a rep needs help, you know, writing the follow-up email or, you know, you're an account executive and somebody just said, Hey, like I need a, a proposal by the end of the day and you need to quickly help work with them on that. So there's like little things that come up, right. Or like an SDR, like so their software will stop working. And so they can't make calls. You have to be there to help them. And in the beginning, it was a little bit frustrating because all these little slacks would always come up and there was a million things I had to help with. And I saw it as like a negative or pulling me away from my most important tasks. When in reality, those are the most important tasks because those are the things that are keeping them from hitting targets, right? And those are the things that they need the most help with. And so I started kind of reformatting my day where I would just stop worrying about when am I going to get little slacks and when are they going to distract me, but kind of try to be as responsive as possible to those slacks and see it as an opportunity to coach, right? And so that's kind of what I mean when you have to switch a little bit from proactive to reactive. Don't be the person that waits two hours to answer a Slack message just because you're working on more important work. When in reality, that's the most important work. But at the same time, you also don't want to get into the unhealthy habit of where your team just slacks you for everything. Mm -hmm. So you do want to be upfront and be like, hey, anything that's going to help you get closer to your number, anything that's urgent, definitely slack slack it to me. But also teach them how to be, you know, self-sufficient and do their own research, try to figure out their own things. But at the same time, like you have to be reactive. You have to be responsive to slacks. That's also what's going to build trust with your team as well. I think that's one of the hardest parts about management too, is like, well, first, yeah, you, like you mentioned, and I love the way that you put it, it's like your priority now is to be pretty much, obviously, like like you said, not the whole day being reactive, but like your job is to support your team, which a lot of those messages coming in are going to be reactive. And that's your main priority is to support those people on your team. But then the second part of it is like, how do you balance supporting them 
and then letting them grow on their own because that's what's going to make them yeah. feel important. That's what's going to make them feel like they're growing on the team. And that's like the million dollar question of how can you efficiently do that? And I know, like you just said, like, Hey, prioritizing, like, Hey, if this is super important or if this is like a subject matter about X, Y, and Z, then come talk to me. But yeah, giving them that freedom also gives them the opportunity to then later on get promoted because they're problem solving on their own. So yeah, love that. Yeah. And there's like a, I, I, uh, so I attended like a Scott Lee's talk right when I became a manager. And so a lot of the, the way I started to manage came from like the things he talked about. And one of the biggest things he said that stuck with me is like, Going with this, you know, when, when, when you have your team hitting you up about things that will always happen, asking them three simple questions, which is just, hey, what have you tried so far to fix this? What do you think needs to happen? Like, if there's a problem, what have you tried so far? What do you think needs to happen? And what do you need from me to make it happen? Right. So, like, if you kind of give them that, it helps both sides of things. So they know what to come to you with. Like, hey, here's the problem. Here's what I've tried so far. Here's what I need from you. As opposed to, oh, I have this problem solving my problems kind of thing. You're both helping each other, and, and it's a much more efficient process. But that really stuck with me uh, from Scott Lee's. Yeah. It's like, again, giving them that independence and, like, having them grow on their own. And sometimes sometimes I literally feel like management is being a parent. Like, in some scenarios, yeah, like, there's right. so many lessons you could take from both places. Not that I'm a parent or a manager, but from what people tell me. <laughs> And books that I've read about it, it's like, I'm like, wait, these are like, you have to motivate people. You have to let them be independent, but then you also need to help them. This sounds like raising a child. (laughs) Not that SERs are childs, not saying that at all, but just individual (laughs) contributors and manager relationship that can sometimes evolve like that. So that brings me to my last point, which I'm super excited to ask you about and get your thoughts on. So I've heard this a lot and I've had conversations with people is that like when you Switch, we all hear like, not every great sales rep is going to be a great sales manager. And I feel like that's really true, especially in the realm of sales. But what I've heard people say is like, when you switch from those roles, being a manager is where you really have to be passionate about people and not your own success. So what do you think about that? Like, do you agree? Yeah, I completely agree. Like, I completely agree. Like, you have to find fulfillment in your team getting success and you have to shine the spotlight on them. Like the worst thing you can do as a manager is take credit for other people's ideas. Like when a rep gives you an idea and you implement it, like I've seen it happen a lot of times. Like you, you have to make, you have to shine the spotlight on them. It was their idea. You have to uplift them and not make it sound like it's your idea. And you have to have fulfillment from that and understanding that like you're helping progress their careers. You're helping them improve. So yeah, I completely agree. And if you don't have that mindset, it's going to be really tough being in management because Again, the number one thing is building trust with your team and you're not going to build trust with your team when they see that, you know, it's it's the you show and it's all about you and what you did and what you built and that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. And that we have to praise you for doing all these different things. But awesome. And I think you do yeah. an awesome job at that too, Jed, because I work on the same team as Jed. <laughs> but <laughs> no, I know it's not an easy thing to do. So for managers listening out there, people that have just transitioned from rep to manager. There's actually two episodes that I go into further depth on this. And it's with two managers of SDR teams that I've talked with. One is Gabby Siddle. And then the other one is Blake Hudson. And they talk all about like that transition and how they also motivate and create community with their reps. So if anyone wants to get more information about that, that's from Shake Sales. Um, We'll link those episodes in the show notes, but... 
Thank you so much for listening to Jed's journey and just some of these tips about becoming a better manager. We'll talk to you next time. This was another episode of the Practical Prospecting Podcast. If you enjoyed yourself today, give us a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify podcast. Thanks so much. Talk to you next time.